What's up, guys? Welcome into our Fantasy and Sports Podcast. This is your host, Vivek Iyer, and today we're going to stay away from fantasy. We're going to focus on the NBA and the NBA playoffs, break those down for you, and provide some sleepers and dark horses that um, may end up, like, going all the way or at least making their, like, conference finals. So let's get started. So first, let's look at the Milwaukee-Detroit series. Obviously, we have the best player on the floor being Giannis, and you have Blake Griffin and Andrea Drummond on the side of Detroit, whereas you have the aforementioned Giannis and Chris Middleton on Milwaukee. So Milwaukee is heavily favored um, in this series, and they did win the first game by a route. So Milwaukee is a lot of people's picks to go to the NBA Finals out of the East, but I must say that I don't believe in it. Because in the regular season, when you have depth, it oftentimes uh, benefits you a lot more than it does in the playoffs. And Milwaukee has that depth, but they also don't have that surplus of superstar talent like a Philadelphia or a Boston does. Now, while Philadelphia doesn't have as deep of a bench, they still have more stars. And although, even considering that Milwaukee has Giannis, who is a top three player in the NBA right now, uh, Philadelphia still has Joel Embiid, still has Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and like I honestly think that Tobias Harris, other than Joel Embiid, may be the most important piece to that team because they need shooters and Tobias Harris fits the bill. That midseason acquisition was probably more important than that of Jimmy Butler. And if it comes between choosing one and free agency, I, I'm a firm believer that they're going to go the Tobias Harris route. Back to Milwaukee. Milwaukee has Giannis. But Chris Middleton was a borderline all-star this year. And you have Malcolm Brogdon, but you don't have any real co-star besides Giannis, and you can make an argument for Chris Middleton. Detroit, on the other hand, they have two. They have uh, two stars, albeit not superstars, in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. I still think Milwaukee's going to win the series. I'll give them the series in five or six, but Milwaukee, I don't think, will make the NBA Finals. So next, let's go towards Toronto and Orlando. And Orlando, I honestly believe, is the worst team uh, in the Eastern Conference that made it out. So Orlando, I'm not picking to win a single game against Toronto. And I I honestly believe that Toronto is another great team. May just be a better version of the box when you have Kawhi, who's co- comparable to Giannis. Then you have Kyle Lowry, who's comparable to... Um, uh, to Chris Middleton, and you have Pascal Siakam. So, Pascal Siakam is probably going to be the most improved player of the year. Other candidates include uh, where we're going to next, Brooklyn and D'Angelo Russell. But I think that Siakam's going to win because he came from a time where no one knew his name to now being uh, one of the better players on the Raptors. On the other hand, Orlando has Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon hasn't really panned out to what uh, was thought he would be. He's a good player, but not really a star. Nikola Vucevic is uh, their best player, who is still relatively unknown despite making the All-Star team this year. But even he, like I feel like his impact on a game 
is much less than that of other All-Stars, even some non-All-Stars. So next, let's go... Oh, and I think that Toronto is going to sweep Orlando. Let's go to Philadelphia-Brooklyn, which we've already seen that Brooklyn... Um, Brooklyn ended up beating Philadelphia, which was, like, the major controversy, uh, the major controversial game surrounding the weekend with, uh, phone gate on the side of Philadelphia and calling out their own fans, the fans booing them, but I think that Philadelphia is gonna bounce back next game, and they're going to end up winning in six. Before the series, I would have thought it would be five, but considering that one game is already lost, four... Uh, Philadelphia, I still think that they're going to win the series. It's just going to take an extra game. Philadelphia has the aforementioned Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons. Whereas Brooklyn has D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell, just he was an all-star this year, but he was one of those that was added kind of last minute in exchange for Victor Oladipo. So D'Angelo Russell... He is very improved uh, coming from the Lakers where he wasn't living up to his potential. But now it seems like he was a good draft pick at the number two spot. So props to him, but I still think Philadelphia is going to win the series. Alright, next we have Boston and Indiana. And Boston and Indiana, this is a kind of lopsided series because Boston just has a surplus of talent. They have... Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Marcus Smart. The, the list just keeps going on and on. On the other hand, Indiana lost its best player midseason to injury and now really doesn't have anyone that you need need to know about. Sure, they have complimentary pieces, but Boston, I'm picking to win this series in a sweep despite Indiana staying strong after the injury. I think that Boston's going to sweep Indiana because when Boston locks in, it can be one of the best. And the score was 117 to 97 in uh, the first game. Now let's switch to Western Conference. We have Golden State vs. the Clippers. And I think, honestly, that this isn't even close. Golden State is going to sweep the uh, the Clippers. And yeah, there's not really much to say. Clippers have some nice pieces, but after trading away Tobias Harris, no one really thought they would even make the playoffs. And even though they did, they're not going to go far. And you have Golden State playing you, meaning you automatically lose. So there's not really much to say there. KD got ejected from Game 1. We need to watch the amount of technicals because if he hits 7 technicals, then he gets suspended for a game, and he already has 2. Let's go to Denver, San Antonio. And San Antonio is a very strong uh, 7 seed. However, Denver just is a lot better. Like, Denver, in the regular season, was one of the best teams in the NBA. Second seed in the West, which is incredibly difficult to be. I'd pick Denver to win, but I think they'll win in uh, 5 or 6. My bet would be uh, 5. Let's go to Portland at Oklahoma, or, uh, Oklahoma City at Portland. And Portland, number three seed. I'm picking them to win against uh, the Thunder. Despite the Thunder, like, uh, everyone saying that the Thunder have a better shot. I honestly think that Portland will uh, defeat them. Because I believe in Damian Lillard and 
CJ McCollum, the Mamas boys who are incredibly talented. It's just in the playoffs prior, they haven't been as good. But in the last game that occurred yesterday, Portland beat the Thunder, which gives them a 1-0 series lead. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think that Portland will win in seven games on their home floor. Alright, so next we have Houston and Utah. Houston, uh, the four seed, Utah, the five seed. This is probably one of the, like, farthest gap between a four and a five that I've seen in a while. Because I think that Houston is just far and away the better team. And they are, uh, probably the main contender to the Warriors in the West. Although, I still think that Warriors are leaps and bounds ahead. War, uh, the Houston with James Harden, Chris Paul, Quinn Capella. Yes, Utah with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I think that this is going to be a series in five. I'll I'll pick Donovan Mitchell to go off in one. And uh, Houston's going to win this. So now let's talk about who I think is going to win. Uh, who, who I think is going to win the East, win the West, and some sleepers. So in the East, I pick Philadelphia to win, to bounce back. And I think it's going to be a Philadelphia Celtics Conference Finals. But then uh, we're going to see um, the relative decline of Kyrie Irving as something's going to pop up. And he's uh, going to be even more distant from the team, which will result in some like miscommunication there. I think that more of a sleeper to win is... Well, I don't really think there are many sleepers in the conference. Like... I guess you could count Toronto since they're, although they're a two seed, they're usually talked about as like the fourth best team in the East with Milwaukee, with um, Philadelphia and Boston all ahead of them. But I think that Toronto has a shot. It's just not a great shot. I think it's going to be between Philadelphia and Boston. All right. And on the West, Warriors, obviously, I picked them. The question is, who's going to face them? And I'm honestly, like, I wanted it to be Houston, but then Houston will play the Warriors in the second round. So I pick Portland Trailblazers to um, be against them in the conference finals. I still think that the Warriors are definitely going to win that series, but I think that Portland is a strong team and will be able to make that next leap into the Western Conference Finals. Alright, so... Now let's talk about some quick rankings of uh, running backs at like the rookie position that are coming into the NFL. So first we have Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs is by far the the consensus number one running back in this class, and deservedly so. Although the running back class is fairly weak, Josh Jacobs still is a very capable prospect, and he is pretty well built. And is very good at blocking, but also is an explosive runner. And this will serve him really well, despite being outshined by Damian Harris in um, in the Alabama offense. Second, let's go David Montgomery. Because David Montgomery, another great prospect, he has very good jump cut skills and a very good contact balance. So he is also a good receiver, and it fits the NFL very well for what uh, the NFL is asking now. It isn't just about being a blocker, a rusher, 
and a wide or or a wide receiver, you have to have a combination of either at least two or three. And David Montgomery is very good at at receiving, also running the ball, and he can work on his um, blocking abilities, but he's still capable at that position. Next, this is my third ranking, which I don't know if I really like, but I'll go Damian Harris, because I just think that Damian Harris is, um, like, we saw his, like, we saw him at Alabama, and we saw that although his combine wasn't as amazing as uh, people thought it'd be, he is a very good runner, and he doesn't have great speed, but he has solid speed and can make a defender miss. He's more of just a power through back, not really one of those who's very shifty, but he still deserves to be up here considering the weak class. Next, I have Daryl Henderson then Miles Sanders, then Devin Singletary. Then we go into like the Justice Hill, Rodney Andersons. So th- there's a, kind of a top three, um, especially the top two, Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. Then it kind of falls off a bit to Damian Harris. And, and then another fall off to Daryl Henderson, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary. So let's look at the wide receiver prospect. I have them ranked number one, A.J. Brown from Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss did have some very good receivers with DK Metcalf, but I honestly think that A.J. Brown is the most NFL-ready. He has worked in the slot, can run out of the perimeter, and although sometimes he struggles with press man coverage, I think that he is very good because he could find a space and is very efficient with his running. And honestly, like he ran a lot of breaking in and comeback routes in the Ole Miss offense, and I think that that translates very well to the NFL, but he also has skills like the curl routes, like all the routes that you need to know in the NFL. Next, we have, and I'm not really going to analyze them too much, but we have uh, Hakeem Butler, and although Hakeem Butler, like the main like knock on him is that he has some focus drops, I think that besides DK Metcalf, he probably has the highest ceiling of anyone in this class. He can run inside, can run outside, perimeter and inside runner, shows good separation, and he can block, which blocking as a wide receiver is becoming more and more necessary. Next, I have Marquise Brown, which there are injury concerns, but he just showed that he is like an incredible wide receiver who can make it in the NFL. Then I have Enkiel Harry, who he does look a bit stiff like Metcalf, but he has like very, he's very strong as we saw benching the same amount as Metcalf at the combine. And Enkiel Harry, like he showed throughout college that he is a capable NFL wide receiver. Next up, DK Metcalf, because like, we have to mention Metcalf, although I don't think he's a good wide receiver right now. I think that he has incredible amounts of potential that could work well for an NFL team. Then uh, Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, Kelvin Harmon, and after that, like, it, it kind of gets less and less. Like, and you get the Andy Isabellas, you get the Debo Samuels, the Terry McLaurins, like, you get all of those. So, now let's go over the quarterback class. And the quarterback class is very top-end heavy. 
I go Dwayne Haskins as my number one just because there are a lot of questions surrounding Kyler Murray. Although he measured in as a uh, high, like, like taller than we thought he'd be, I still think that Kyler Murray's durability is a concern. Uh, so I'll go Kyler Murray at number two, Drew Lock number three. Uh, uh, I I put Greer at number four, Finley at number five. So a lot of people have Daniel Jones pretty far up, but I honestly don't. I just don't believe in Daniel Jones. I have him as my number six quarterback with Quentin Thorson right behind him and Jared Sinem, Tyree Jackson, like those guys. So after that, it kind of falls off a cliff, and you get more of the Trace McSwarries, Brian Brett Rippins. So yeah, there nothing really much uh, as a fantasy from a fantasy perspective that you see there. Let's go with tight ends. Tight ends. I have my number one tight end and my number two tight end all out of Iowa. T.J. Hawkinson, Noah Fant are my number one and number two. Hawkinson, he really just does it all. He can block. He can pass catch. He he's very dynamic, very athletic, and he does need to add a bit more strength but is a very good blocker as well and can find people to block. Noah Fant is my number two because he also is a very good pass catcher, but he does need to learn how to create separation and work against defenders in the passing game. But he, I'd say that he and Hodgkins, Hawkinson have a similar upside from a fantasy perspective, but I think that Hawkinson is definitely going to be the better NFL, um, NFL prospect. Next, we have Ur Smith Jr., who's out of Alabama. Uh, pretty good as a blocker. Uh, very good with yards after catch, although that is boosted because it's from Alabama. Uh, he's a decent athlete, but he didn't really show his best at the Combine, so we just have to see about that. But Ur Smith is definitely the number three tight end, and after that, you have... In my opinion, like a very big drop off to the Sternbergers, to the Kane Smiths, Josh Olivers, uh, Kahil Warrings of the world, and yeah. But despite all that, I still think that none of those are in my top 10 best players. I'd put number one as Nick Bosa, number two as Quinton Williams, number three, Josh Allen. And then number four, it becomes a bit strange. So number four, I can see like. Uh, arguments for Sean Gary, for Ed Oliver, but Ed Oliver didn't really have a great season, for Devin White, for Jawan Taylor, like, I honestly don't know who is the best as a number four. And those guys probably go back to back to back to back, and you have Montez Sweat as well, but other than that, like, it, it is a very good class for edge rushers, for defensive linemen, uh, you have two pr- really good linebackers in Devin Bush, Devin White, and the quarterback class is fairly weak, running back class fairly weak, wide receiver and tight end class are very strong. So for uh, fantasy, you're going to see a lot of uh, wide receivers drafted early, but I don't think this is a good strategy because despite the surplus of talent, I don't think there's one can't-miss prospect, and if there was, it'd probably be Hakeem Butler despite me ranking him as number two, but... I, I honestly believe that Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State has a chance to become one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And, like, I I really believe that. But I still think that wide receivers, drafting them very early in uh, rookie drafts, like, they often take two to three years to come into their own. And 
I don't know if you really want to wait that long to get uh to get production out of a wide receiver. For running backs, it all really depends on fit, as does for a wide receiver. Like, if Metcalf goes to the Packers, I'll be very high on Metcalf. If he goes to the Bills, not so high on Metcalf. Like that, for the running back position, it's very similar. Like, it, even more so, it just depends on fit. Because none of these guys are supremely talented, so they can't... There isn't a generational talent like a Saquon Barkley in this draft. Like a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. Like, obviously, they're not generational, but they're very good. Uh, there aren't any talents like that who could overcome bad situations. So, yeah, that it's probably the biggest one for fit. For quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, he needs to find a good fit because there are plenty of teams in the NFL who would absolutely misuse him and he wouldn't succeed there, as is the case for like a Drew Locke, who is very raw, uh, is not very accurate, but does have the arm talent. I think he's just like a Josh Allen type, except without the running, but uh, maybe a bit better as a passer. So like, there's trade-offs to all these prospects. Tight ends. I think that the tight end, the top uh, three are like sure things, and the next three are also very good. So I think that tight ends are very safe for this class, especially since we need them in fantasy right now. With Gronk retiring, with Travis Kelsey being getting even older, like we need a new class of tight ends, and we haven't had that for some time. That's it for this podcast, guys. Um, if you guys like this podcast, please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Patreon, wherever you get your podcasts. We can get it there through RSS. Um, rate, rate and leave a review on Apple Podcast, guys, please, because if we get a certain amount of reviews, then Apple considers you for, like, a more prominent position that could help us, like, grow as a fantasy and sports community. Alright, that's it for this podcast, guys. Thank you.